0: Thank you so much, so much uh, for being here this morning. I had my welcome, and to the sanctuary full of people down the hall, and to those on y- online, uh, thanks for being with us. It's an honor for me to be here with you this morning as we gather to remember and to celebrate and even to believe a little deeper in our hearts that the resurrection of Jesus is important to our lives and to our faith. Let me summarize the story you just heard from the Gospel of John. Let me summarize the story of Easter, in uh, my own words, in a paragraph. Twenty centuries ago, Jesus died on a cross at the will of God and the hands of sinful men. He was dead and buried for three days, and it appeared that evil had won. Then, by the power of God on the third day, He came back to life and walked out of the grave. His coming back to life ultimately defeats evil, sin, shame, death on our behalf. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, this is a pivotal event in world history. Like there's before this event and there's after this event. This is a pivotal event in world history for those of us who have felt the change of giving our hearts and our lives to Jesus. Now, I know on Easter, there are people in the rooms here and online who are a little more undecided about the importance of this event. And that's okay. We're excited that you're here. We're delighted that you're with us. Because all of us are on this journey of deciding, hey, what's really important and true in my own life? You're on that journey, I'm on that journey of deciding. And so, those of you who are on that journey with Easter and who is Jesus, we're just excited that you're here. We all do this, right? I know something, kind of, and then I know it more, and then I know it even more to my core. I know it, and then I know it, and then I really know it. And you could all stand up and say, No, that's not true, but if I really know it, it doesn't matter. And so uh, uh, you're, many of us are in the process of deciding, hey, what's true, and what we decide is true and what we whisper to ourselves all day long really has an impact on our lives. Think about this. If you walk around whispering to yourself all, all week long, all month long, for a decade, hey, I'm unworthy of anyone's love. I don't even know if God exists. I'm all alone in this world. There's no higher power. Nobody cares about me or my family or my kids. This life is all there is. If that's what you whisper, it's going to impact you. But if what you're whispering to yourself, all not just on Easter Sunday morning, but all year long, is Easter's the pivotal story of my life. And I whisper day after day, week after week, God loves me enough to send his son for me and death couldn't stop him and death won't stop me and death won't stop those I love. This resurrection of Jesus changes everything. If that's what I whisper all year long, it affects how I raise my kids. It affects how I do my marriage. It affects how I do my job. If I'm whispering, hey, I'm forgiven. God loves me. It really changes us. So whatever you choose to be your truth, your story, uh, you wouldn't be surprised that I'm here because I really believe this resurrection is the pivotal event of history. But it, 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 it helps us with our challenges and our heartbreaks and our fears and how you love your neighbor, how you love your kids. Now, two ways to look at Easter. Uh, a little bit like how you would look at a tree in your backyard. Okay? Now, if you want to examine a tree in your backyard, you might get up close, six inches. And I mean, you can examine the bark. You can see the ant crawling on it or the frost. You can see the texture, right? You can learn a lot about a tree six inches away. But back up 50 yards, and now you see a different picture of the tree. You see it in the context of the sunrise, you see it in the context of whatever else you have in your backyard. You see the full size of it, right? Okay, today what I want us to do is look at that view of Easter. Not just the moment Jesus walked out of the grave, but I want us to look at all of Easter. Uh, those who are around it and what, and what we could learn from the whole event. Jesus walking to Jerusalem, Jesus being arrested, it's all part of Easter, And the lens I want us to use this morning is where are the surprises? What's surprising about this Easter scripture, uh, about this Easter story? And I'm going to do two pieces. I'm going to do what's surprising about the actual scripture, and I found three of those. And then what's surprising as I've believed Easter for my 55 years, I've believed it as an adult. So yes, I am old. Surprises from Easter. Here's the first surprise. Jesus, did, uh, Jesus' followers didn't see it coming. I mean, how I, I, I reread the story several times in the past weeks, and like it just shocked me. They didn't see it coming. Well, how could they not see it coming? Twice on the way to Jerusalem, he sat them down and he told them uh, uh, our first scripture here, Mark 10. Here's Jesus telling his disciples um, what's going to happen. He couldn't be any clearer. We're going to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Could he be any clearer? And he did it twice on the way to Jerusalem. Now, not only that, though, The disciples were Jews, and they loved the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. They loved them, and the Jewish scriptures were filled with predictions of rising on the third day. The lamb will die, and then he will rise. Let me just show you a couple. This is uh, the words of Jesus himself. Um, uh, reported by Luke in the New Testament this is the words of Jesus as he was talking to the two guys who left Jerusalem after he was killed and it's called the road to Emmaus this is in Luke here's Jesus words then he opened their minds the two guys so they could understand the scriptures he's saying hey it's right there in the book you know this he told them this is what is written the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day Could he be any clearer? But it's not just Jesus who says, hey, it was in the book. You should have known this. It's also Paul in his letter to 1 Corinthians. This is Paul now. Later, he's writing, for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. What was the scriptures? The Jewish Old Testament, which they had memorized. They knew it. It was there all along. That was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. When they went to the tomb, what did we just hear they said? They said, who stole his body? Where did they put his body? Why didn't they go to the tomb and go, yay, it's true. He's resurrected just like the, the book says, just like Jesus told us twice. They totally missed it because it was outside the box. It makes me wonder what we're missing. And one day Jesus will look at us and go, hey, I made it so clear. How did you miss this thing? How did you miss it? Because these followers of Jesus, they totally missed this. Not only that, remember Thomas, one of the twelve? He had the twice Jesus told him on the way to Jerusalem. He had the Old Testament scriptures. Then he actually had the testimony of the other 11 disciples. And what did Thomas say? Okay, I believe it. No. He said, I'm not going to believe this unless I put my hand into the wounds of Jesus. That's what it's going to take for me. This is why we're excited that people are here who are undecided. Because Jesus, uh, 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 he's okay with undecided. Now, after he's resurrected, after he's resurrected, uh, look at what the scriptures say here. Um, and, And that he appeared to Cephas, who was Peter, and then to the 12, and after that Jesus appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, Most of whom are still living, says the uh, Apostle Paul. So he's saying, hey, if you don't believe Jesus arose, go talk to those 500. Most of them are still alive. You can talk to them. Ask them if they saw him. Ask them if they touched him. But here's what's surprising. Here's what's surprising to me. The one-on-one interactions of Jesus between the resurrection and the ascension. Jesus cared one-on-one. For doubters, deniers, and the undecided. This was shocking to me. Who did he show up for in that room of the disciples? He showed up for Thomas, who was a doubter. And he said, Thomas, I get you. Go ahead. Touch me. Who did he show up for on the beach between his uh, resurrection and his ascension? He showed up for Peter. How would you define Peter? He's the denier. And he said, Peter, you denied me three times. I'm going to ask you three times if you still love me. And then where's the other one-on-one interaction? It's that road to Emmaus with those two guys who were leaving Jerusalem because they thought Jesus was defeated. I think Jesus still does this today. I think Jesus still gives special time to undecideds, doubters, and deniers. A very successful retired business guy in town, uh, and I mean very successful, uh, very successful in real estate, banking, farming, and family. He's about my age. He called me several weeks ago, and he said, Dave, I'm going to take you out for breakfast. And this is a leader who never came to this church, ever. But I did know him around town. And so he took me to breakfast, and I'm wondering, what what, what does does this guy want to talk to me about? And then I discovered, he's really doubting his faith. He's about my age, and he said, Dave, I have more questions about faith than I've ever had. I have whole new questions that I never had when I was in my 40s and 50s. I have new questions about faith. And then as I listened for a while, he said, because I have questions and some doubts, I think maybe I'm losing my faith. He's been in church his whole life since he was a little kid. I think I'm losing my faith. And then I could say to him, no, 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 you're not losing your faith. God uses doubts and questions to drive our faith deeper, deeper. That's why Jesus spent extra time with doubters and deniers and the undecided. And so I was able to tell this guy uh, this thing, that uh, doubts and questions are not anti-faith. Often they are faith building, faith building. So if, if you find yourself with new questions and new doubts, don't necessarily think the outcome of that is losing your faith. It could very well be a deepening of your faith. For the next three Sundays, we will hear people, uh, stories from the seats, which Rendy talked about, and these are people who are telling us their journey through doubts and questions and tough times and uh, just Uh, I'll share the names of the people who are going to be sharing with us. Five people over three weeks. Jason Wellnitz, Daniel Smith, Amber Hagen, Mary Ellen Meyer, and Ida Fry. Those are the people who are going to be sharing their stories with us and how God helped them believe. Um, Third surprise I had this year as I'm reading through the Gospels and the story, and the, the surprise is this. There's much... I don't, and we don't, understand about the Easter Easter resurrection, and that's good. Okay, stay with me. Well, why is it good that there's stuff we don't understand? And some of you might not agree that there's stuff we don't understand. So let me throw up a verse just to um, point out there's stuff you don't understand. This is from Matthew. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Have you ever seen that in there before? when the temple ripped in half and Jesus died, it says people, lots of people came out of their graves and then when he was resurrected, they came to life and they went and talked to a bunch of people in town. This is one verse. Then what happened? What happened to them? Did they go back and die into their graves again? Did they continue their life? I mean, what happened? It's in the Bible. I don't know what happens. If you knew what happened, come and talk to me afterwards. I have no idea. This is one of many things I don't understand about the resurrection. One of my granddaughters who was in the choir a minute ago, I was bringing her to church last night, and she said, Grandpa, I have a good question for you. In the 40 days between the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension to heaven, like when he wasn't interacting with people, where was he? Good question. I have no idea. There's a lot we don't understand. And that's good. Why is it good? Why is it good? Because it actually makes it more believable. If you understood everything about the resurrection, then you might be pretty equal to God. But what does the scripture say? His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. That's what it says. And we need to keep grasping that God is God, and I'm not God. You're not God. God is God, and God is here, and you're like in your understanding and thinking down here. You're a creation. So if there's stuff you don't understand about God, that's good. It actually makes God more believable. Um, this is one of the reasons uh, uh, I go uh, to the mountains. Here's a picture of Long's Peak. I love Long's Peak. I love to look at it. I've climbed it once. I've, uh, I've uh, uh, been up in it lots of times. In fact, I used to go to Colorado so much for consulting And speaking and some work with Youth for Christ that my family would joke that I had a second family out there. And it was time for dad to go see a second family. Now, that is not true. I do not have a second family in Colorado. Um, But I love to go in the mountains. And when you're climbing, if if you've climbed at all, you think, hey, that's the peak. And so you climb really hard and you get to what you think is the peak. And it's not even anywhere near the peak. And then you say, well, that's the peak. And then you climb another two hours, and you say, hey, that's the peak. No, the peak is up there. But when you do get to the peak, you sit at the top of the peak, and you look around, and you realize, man, I'm small. I'm really small. I could drop off here, and nobody would ever find me. And God spoke this into existence with the power of his words. God spoke it into existence. He's great. So if there's things you don't understand, it's okay. Because you're not God. You're not God. Um, Understand, this even makes the story of the resurrection more believable. Because you don't get it all, then I don't get it all. Now... Those are the three surprises from the actual scriptures. But now I have uh, several surprises from uh, my journey of believing Easter for a long time. And so my first surprise, which I hadn't really realized before, is that every year this story means more to me. Have you realized that in your life yet? Maybe this is the 30th Easter you've come to church. Maybe for some of you younger, it's like the 5th or 6th or 8th or 10th. For me, I think it's over 70. I've been in church probably on Easter morning over 70 times. And here's what I understand. Every year, the story means more to me. But I never realized that before. When I worked in student ministry... I would often invite a teenager up and put my arm around him and have him share with the church or the youth group, like, what is it like to be a follower of Jesus for your first Easter? Like, last Easter, you weren't a follower of Jesus. You've given your heart to Jesus. What's it like? And in fact, I listened to all 14 seniors at Good Friday uh, at the Nazareth, uh, our, our youth ministry. And so powerful to hear these seniors talk about Easter and what it means to them. But what I've discovered is there's another powerful piece, and that is um, someone who's believed it over and over and lived some life. Now, time keeps passing, right? So here's a picture of my grandkids uh, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, they were getting ready to go out on an Easter egg hunt. Now, uh, two of those grandkids are in heaven now, and uh, the others have grown up. And here's their picture last Saturday still going out on their Easter egg hunt because, you know, the older kids say, free chocolate. Of course, we've got to keep getting the free chocolate. Um, And now the sport of the grandkids is which ones have passed the height of grandma. Um, Right? Time keeps passing. And as time passes, this thing, the resurrection, takes on new meaning. If you were a young couple last year, but now you're a young couple with a baby, it has more meaning. The second surprise in my journey of believing Easter is Easter is the pivotal two-rail event. What kind of a God, what kind of a God takes the worst day in history, the crucifixion of his own son, who was perfect and never sinned and puts on him all of our sin and shame and separates himself from his son, and now we call it Good Friday. And what kind of a God takes the worst day, puts it on Friday, and then on Sunday morning is the resurrection, which changes the world for good. If you want to talk about two rails... Through every day of life, this is the pivotal two rail direction, uh, two two rail event. So this year, if you buried a son or a daughter or a friend or a parent or a spouse, you experienced the two rails, the loss and the hope. You did just like Resurrection Weekend, the loss and the hope. June 19th, 2015, our family followed three hearses to Waterloo Memorial Cemetery to pray and put three caskets into the ground at the same time. And as I stood there with our family, the thought came into my mind, never has the resurrection of Jesus meant so much to me. And it's not just me and our family. Friday... Down the hall, in our sanctuary, the family of Joyce Campbell, who was an 89-year-old grandmother, whose granddaughter, I heard, gave a a powerful 20-minute eulogy of her grandma, was buried. Two rails. It's Cooper Lenz, a year ago. Little boy, giving up his life. It's Jim Clements, Don Cagle, Darwin Bolts, Gary Dorhout, Jeff Skiles, Lucas Knievel, Andy and Beckett Kaufman, Donald Fry, Amy Rosen, Randy Reese, Kevin Osborne. We could just name the families in this church that have come for a cemetery and gone, come for a funeral and gone to the cemetery, and never has the resurrection of Jesus meant so much. Easter's the pivotal two-rail event, and we find hope in the resurrection. Last surprise I had, perspective really matters. You see things different when you're 25 or when you're 45. You see things different, and it's okay. We have different perspectives, right? Okay, so Jesus walked up to Peter and James who were fishermen, and he said, uh, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And in that moment, Peter and James thought they had a choice. If I'm Peter and Jesus said, follow me, I can either say no thanks and climb back into my boat and keep fishing or do what he did, throw down his nets and follow Jesus right away. You have that choice this morning. Jesus says, come follow me. I'll make you a fisher of those things important, men and women, boys and girls. I'll I'll give you a new kind of spirit. I'll give you influence. Come follow me if you haven't. And those of us who are already following Jesus, we can say, I'm going to make Easter a little bit more of a deeper event in my life. I'm going to whisper it more often this year that I can have life. I can have hope. I'm not going to be defeated. kind of like this you're driving down the interstate and you come to an exit and there's a sign and it says hey this way and in this case spiritually the exit is hey come follow jesus and so you take the exit you have a choice you take the exit and then you're driving down the exit a little bit and you look in the rearview mirror and the same sign says on the other side it's totally a gift of god wait I thought I had a choice. Yes, you do. Ah, but it's totally a gift of God. Yes, it is. How do you bring those two things together? Oh, it's easy. Remember the God who spoke the mountains into existence? I don't get it. I don't get how his power works. But perspective-wise, some of you need to like take that exit and go, hey, I believe Easter more than I ever did, more than 60 minutes ago. I believe Easter, and I'm going to let it, I'm going to whisper it into my life this year. I hope you'll do that. And some of you still are undecided. That's beautiful. Uh, Sing these next songs, and uh, let the Spirit of God touch your heart. Um, Keep your eyes open. God is at work. He's at work in your life keep your eyes open. Look for it. Because Jesus is alive and death did not stop him. I'll pray. Dear God, thank you for this message of Easter. Thank you for the the morning when uh, death could not keep him when the power of god raised him from the dead and he walked among us and he's still alive he is still alive father thank you that we can know him father thank you for all the other things around easter just such an important and powerful and historic event help us Whisper it into our lives this year, day after day, week after week. In the name of Jesus, amen.